Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. Hey, hey, hey. It's Saturday, the first Saturday in October. I can't believe it's October, brother. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. October, the 10th we were supposed month of to the have, year. Yeah, we what? were supposed to have Trump back in office by now, brother. I thought it was supposed to be by 4th of July. What's taking so long? Right? Come on. You know, it's, do you ever get to one of those things where you, um, you keep on expecting something and someone says it's going to happen by this date and then it doesn't, and then it moves on to the next date. You start losing hope. You start losing promises. Now, is I wonder like about the, this. Is it like the book 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 88? Right. I did not see that one, but I would not be surprised. <laughs> it was, it was a big seller. And then the next year, 89 reasons why we meant 89. <laughs> and they bought it again, brother. <laughs> what a great book, right? It reminds yeah. me of the Ghostbusters where he's talking, to, he goes, the end of the world will be on December 31st of this year. And he goes like, don't you mean next year? You know, it won't take you that long to write a book and get book sales and the numbers won't be there. It's yeah. uh, a scene in that movie. It's pretty funny with uh, Bill Murray, but. Got to make some yeah. money on that thing. So you know, that, dude, that dude made a lot of money on that. I, I'm so, sure he did. I'm, I'm sure, sure he, he bought a, He's probably still got rice and beans 30 years later, brother. Well, think about this, dude. And I know I, obviously we're getting off on this thing. I really, truly, truly hope and pray that there will be accountability. The justice system will actually work and be equal. I know that's kind of almost Pollyannic, right? Well, what's um, come for, out of Arizona is Trump won. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, as you saw, the, the, the mainstream media and all the left, people on the left basically were saying, no, no, let's see, it proves Biden won. But they didn't even look at the fact that so many of them are duplicate votes, uh, fantasy votes or whatever. Clearly, those votes that were fraudulent make show, shows that um, Trump won. That's why Texas is moving forward with a, uh, a forensic audit. Pennsylvania's looking at one. Michigan's looking at one. Um, Georgia and Florida are, are looking at legislation. So who knows? You know, um, but just a few of these will decertify the election. Brother. Yeah. And a lot saying. of, there's a lot of prophetic voices that said that's going to happen. So right. I guess let's just find out, you know, I mean, I'm hanging on because, you know, Trump's my dude. You said that well, in 2016, you, you said 2015, I, you go, your dude, your guy. Yeah. <laughs> One of the, um, um, I, we mentioned it last week on our show, um, Lance Wallnow, which we both like, he's a friend of, uh, Greg Joyner's, uh, prophetic guy. And then there was, uh, the, um, uh, Ron, Johnny Enlow, right? Enlow mm -hmm. is another guy that's a Seven Mountains guy. And um, it was Enlow's, the quote I, I mentioned last week. It was talking about, he goes, Lord, why is this taking so long? This right here, this uh, restoration of Trump, this uh, exposing of wickedness and so forth. And the word he gave was that the Lord responded to him and said, you know, that I've given you a job to go occupy and to possess, you know, the, the Seven Mountains. This was not a you know, just be fun thing for a season. This is something more you keep on doing, like what you were talking about, the street church. And so um, it's kind of one of those things we still have our part to play. We still have to push back on these on this tyranny. We're, we still have to speak the truth. We still have to keep on um, preaching the word, but we still have to go out and take ground 
from the enemy. And I think we're in an exciting time right now. At the same time, it almost feels, like I told you before, like the twilight zone. At the same time, it's not. In this, this futile hope of going back to some sort of normalcy, not happening until we take it back. It's not going to magically someday go, okay, we can go back to the way it was two years ago, you know, uh, where everything was hidden and we kind of go along our merry way, not being uh, informed. We know how ugly, you know, the FBI is right now, the upper management, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the swamp creatures, if you will. Don't even talk about the Joint Chiefs, brother. That's... You know, we'll get there in a second. That's just driving me crazy. <laughs> I know. But at this level, too, when you, when, when you have people that literally, you know, when there was a, okay, I'm bouncing around a little bit, but yes, this is you an are, example brother. of what you I'm You got the trampoline about. going on, brother. I do. Um, there was a debate for governor. Uh, it's McAuliffe, Terry McAuliffe, which is a Clinton uh, crony, former governor, running for governor again. They had a debate. And during the debate, he said, I don't want to give parents the right to choose what the kids are taught in schools. I won't. I don't want them coming in and picking the books or the systems, or whatever. That is what we're fighting against in our state specifically. When you have these top-down mandates from Chris Reichdahl and Jay Inslee and the, the teachers' union and the political left teaching our kids sex and critical race theory and all these other things, you have people like that that are being exposed for who they are. Now's our time to say, no, we don't want that. And we want our kids actually protected, have the parents have the right to choose, to be informed, to know what's going on in our classrooms. You know, I think uh, we have a great opportunity, don't you think, brother? Yeah, this generation is going to rise up and you're going to be amazed at what the survivors of the Holocaust of abortion are going to do and this new generation. And they're trying to sexualize them. They're trying to, you know, pervert them. Um, are you sure you're a boy? Are you sure you're a little girl? Are you, you know, you sure you don't want to, you know, fix that with, uh, you know, a knife and some lipstick, as someone said. And um, don't worry, you know, your parents don't need to know. No worry. Don't, you know, all this stuff. And, um, you know, we've got to fight this battle. And, you know, there's a, there was a song, I was listening to this song uh, at church on Sunday, and they were talking about, I fight on my knees. You know, you don't fight on your knees. You, mm-hmm. you get on your knees and you submit yourself to God and then you get up and you resist the devil and the devil will flee. And that somehow we've got out of, got out of balance. You know, we've mm-hmm. got out of balance. It's like, we, we, we're good at submitting to God. We want to submit to God. I mean, sort of, right. If my mm-hmm. people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face. And then we skip over that. I mean, I've even heard preachers skip over the whole next part then God's going to come and heal our land. I'm like, no, uh, it doesn't say that. Ways, it says right. turn from your wicked ways. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm reading Joshua. I just finished mm-hmm. Joshua today and I, you know, I'm looking at starting judges, but I know what's coming, <laughs> which is this cycle of obeying God, being blessed, disobeying God, getting in bondage and then having to get rescued and then having revival and then obeying God again. And then that person right. dies and then they go, they slide again. So, you know, Billy Graham is gone. And so now what are we going to backslide and become whatever? Right. So, um, but uh, it's the battle is when we engage the culture, you know, I love what my friend uh, Darren Billings pastor down in Portland had a, a little sign on his desk and I never forgot it. And it was a picture of Jesus. And it said, what is it about the word go that you don't understand? 
right? And, right. Uh, you know, that's a parent, parents say that, right? What is it about the word no is what parents say, right? But Jesus mm-hmm. is saying, what is it about the word go that you don't understand? And so we have a theology a lot of times it says, well, I'm going to be on my knees. I'm going to submit to God and God's going to come through and he's going to rescue me. But, you know, God uses human beings. He used Paul. He used right. Peter. He used Daniel. He used the three Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. That's right. He we are his hands Samson. I mean, says, Samson. Exactly right. Where is Samson today, brother? I don't even know if we have any men in the church left. I know you're kind of a man, brother, but kind of a man. I can get a couple of days of hunting out of you every year, maybe. <laughs> you don't have to hunt we, to be a man. But I'm you kidding. but you are actually right though when it comes to the hands and feet. When God uses people, Christians submitted to his will, led by the Holy Spirit to to advance his kingdom all throughout the Old and New Testament, through civil government and not, that God's leader for people that just answered the call that were used, but they stepped out in faith and they did things. Whether it be uh, Abraham offering a son up for sacrifice or uh, moving to a new territory out of God's command. You know, when or- Abraham's nephew Lot got taken mm-hmm. by the kings of Sodom and all those guys, remember that? Mm-hmm. What did mm-hmm. Abraham do? He armed his 75 servants. Like, this is like special forces, right? Mm-hmm. And he defeats five kings mm-hmm. with, with 76 of them. And able to reap the benefits of it too. And got Lot back. Even more. Yep. You know, I mean... He had to do something. Yep. David, when they came and they took Ziklag, remember that? Mm-hmm. And his own men wanted to stone him because they're like ticked because they were off doing something else. And and David like strengthens himself in the Lord. And then he asks the Lord, shall I go pursue him? And the right. Lord says, yeah, go pursue. Yes. You'll get it all back. Right. And he well, did it. Was Samuel, Goliath was- is sent in there in, in everybody's face. Brother, I'm sorry to mean to cut you off, but I mean, just say somebody had to pick up a rock and, and, and hit Goliath in the head with it, brother. You know, there's been a lot, and I'm glad you went there as well. And I was going to say that um, there are a lot of stories. There were a, a Gideon's army, right? When he was diminished down to do the way God wanted us to do it in a different way, uh, David, but it seems like all across social media, the church ministry, this is a season we're in where a lot of pastors are talking about David and Goliath, talking about the stones, right? And that really struck me the other day. And I just want to talk to you about this, brother, because here's David. Uh, he's a he's a shepherd. He's the youngest. He's the one that they, they thought, no way. But God anointed him as king. He's out there tending these the sheep. But he's also got stories of, of fighting off the wolves, fighting off a lion. Um, with a sling and his sling and his staff, right? So here's this young man coming up to the front to uh, bring food or whatever to his brother, right? To up to the front lines. He's not there to fight, you know, but he's been prepared this whole time. You know, um, he's trusting the Lord, spending time with the Lord, anointed by the Lord. And he's out there using that sling and the staff all the time to defend, you know, uh, his, what is his, right? Yeah. Then you go up to the front line, and we know the story, you know, the face-off here and the, the trash talk between Goliath and David and the fear that the Israelites were in, that they didn't want it. They, you know, they were fearful of the Philistines, you know, and yet here Dave goes, well, wait a minute, you know, um, you say this, but I say this because my God, right, my God, the one that I've trusted in the whole time. And what struck me, I asked my wife this too, I'm not sure this is not a theological lesson, but there's always something specific in scripture why God says certain things. So David's prepared for this. 
He's going to trust God in this. He goes up and picks five stones, right? And we know he only needed one, but why five? And why didn't he have stones with him? There's the things like there's something important about God prepared the way, prepared David. He was presented to a situation where he had to basically rely on God and do something. But the stones that he needed were waiting there for him at the battlefield. And think about this, right? He walked up, found the five perfect stones, used the one he needed, and there was more than enough afterwards, and destroyed um, the giant, and then used the giant soul and sword to cut his head off. I mean, just this whole thing, it goes, okay, um, God's plan ahead. God prepared things. David had to be obedient, but he was conditioned to take down monsters, right, already. And the actual rock that was thrown was already there before prepared in time for him to use. I just think it's, it's, we know that when we're in God's will and we're obedient, right? Um, yes, we have to take action, but God's working with us, aiming that stone, uh, preparing the way before us, putting people around us at the time to fight with us that are ready to. That's why you and I always talk about, you and I always talk about being courageous. Part of being courageous is encouraging others to do the same, you know, to stand up for their family, to be men of courage, men of valor, knowing that these battles we're in right now have will have a legacy or an impact for generations. And as we're at the point now, we're fighting to maintain liberty. We're fighting to maintain morality. We're fighting to maintain a freedom um, that we have now, and our kids may not, our grandkids may not, if we don't do something about it. Yeah, it's like like we said last week, silence means consent. You know, mm-hmm. our what you know, what you don't uh, take a stand against you approve of, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, silence means approval. It means consent. And, um, and I don't approve. Okay. So, but we're, you know, this thing that comes against Christians right now, especially is this accusation. Well, we're, we're dirty, rotten sinners. We're saved by grace. You know, we have all of this, all of this, uh, junk, this garbage that we're carrying around. And also the other thing is, is that, you know, sin that we don't repent of, you know, if we're looking at pornography or if we're drinking or if we're doing, you know, I, I, I get this one guy and he's like, well, I, you know, I do edibles, you know, and I'm, I'm like getting mm-hmm. the point. Okay. That's a marijuana, right? He's, he's right. whatever. And now his wife's gone and he's, you know, I mean, it's just like this stuff, it gets on you and either, either the sin itself sidetracks you or the accusation of it from the enemy and from the enemies of, of Christianity. And they're coming right now for the church. I mean, the stuff that you're hearing in the news is like, well, you Christians hiding behind your crosses and you just, you just need to vax up and you, you know, put on your big boy pants, all this stuff that they're coming after us. But even though, you know, what is it? Only 30% of the African-American community is, is vaxxed. They're not, they're not saying that you black right. people are blah, blah, blah. They're, they're targeting us. Why? Because we are a bunch of wimps and we don't fight back. And we say, we're not hiding behind the cross. We're hiding behind our God-given rights. And you people need to shut up and back off. We need to get, we need to get bold and we need to fight back. And it's not because we don't love them. It's because we love them and we want to help them uh, get better. But this, this accuser of the brethren, this Mm -hmm. is the thing that we see right now. They call the devil, the accuser of the brethren in revelation where they're talking about you can't buy or sell or have a job or anything like that in chapter 13. Okay. And we're facing that right now. If people mm-hmm. that can't recognize that, then they need to go read their Bibles and figure out something's going on when you've got to use that economic pressure to force people to do what 
they don't want to do. And the accuser of the brethren, it's all wrapped up in there, but it says what? The accuser of the brethren is cast down. He's got great wrath. Are they mad? And he knows he has a little time. So we know there's, this is a short time. Mm-hmm. And how do they overcome him? It says they overcame him, Marty, mm-hmm. by the blood of the lamb, mm-hmm. by the word of their testimony, and mm-hmm. they did not shrink back from death. So think about it. When the accusation comes at you, well, you were, a, you were this and you were an old drunk and you were a drug user and you were a whoremonger or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can say, you know, the blood cleansed me from that. And that's, that's right. and I used to be that. And my testimony is I'm forgiven. I'm sanctified, right? Like right. They, they, I give a testimony yep. and then, and I don't care what you do. I'm not following you. I'm, I don't even love my life. We lay down our life every day. Paul says, I die daily. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. That's how we beat these guys. Exactly. We don't right. let that accusation. I never owned any slaves, but I did worse stuff than that. But you know right. what? I'm free and you can be free too. Why don't you get free of your sin? You yep. that have or without sin cast the first stone, right? Right. Um, Jesus paid the price for all of it. That sin is canceled. I'm set free. You can be set free as well by receiving Christ Jesus. I saw one on this. You'll like this. I saw an interview the other day. It was a guy that was not a Christian. Uh, I was talking to Dennis Prager about, you know, what, how the, this growth of socialism is going and left and why, what's happening in America and so forth. And the, and the guy was talking about what we're talking about. He was saying, people are hungry. There is a God-shaped hole in all of them, and they're looking for purpose. And for whatever reason, they're finding purpose in the leftist socialist sort of movement right now. And instead of saying, you're wrong, which they are, uh, you're misled, which they are, is when they need Jesus. And to your point, it's like, no, we're not putting up with this. You are searching for something, but what you're searching for is not fulfilling what will fulfill you is uh, Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ, you know, as the Lord and Savior. Yeah, you on um, purpose serve God. Yeah, yeah, do that exactly. Let, right. Let's let's learn how to, you know, we don't we don't teach people how to how to learn how to you know we don't preach Jesus and Him crucified. Uh, you know, Paul said in in the Scripture says, I, "I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified." That's a pretty big statement, brother. Considering mm-hmm. that guy wrote like two thirds of the new testament so a lot of people like oh paul did this and paul did that and peter did this and peter and and uh these guys did this and they did that yeah that's great but you know what they knew the foundation was jesus and it says in john chapter one that in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and if you go in and look up that word logos it means the topic under discussion it means the calculation in the beginning was the calculation of god and the calculation was jesus in the beginning the topic of god was jesus the thing that god's interested in in communicating the communication of god is jesus it's all about jesus from start to finish so why aren't mm-hmm. we teaching people how to hear from him how to be hang out with him and hear what he's saying and then just do it it's always scary to obey god brother it's scary because you got to go against the grain. So what I love that if you're, you're watched that show, the chosen, it's kind of a streaming thing on the life of Jesus. I have not seen it yet. I've, I've it's, heard it's interesting. Really I've only watched yeah. a few. It's a little, it's a little slow for me. I like a little more Schwarzenegger and uh, Mel Gibson, but um, not bad. But what in the beginning of the show, you have all these fish swimming along okay. and every now and then a fish changes, they're all blue and a fish changes to yellow and turns around and goes against, the, goes the other way. And, and it, it happens as this, as the credits are going by these fish, 
change direction and go the other way, go the other way. And that's, that's what we've got to do. We've got to go the other way. We can't go the way of socialism and, and perversion and sin. And then just, well, I'm just going to avoid it. Right. Cause right. if, if, if we know the Lord and we start to avoid the subject, there was a couple of prophets in the Bible that did that brother. There was this one dude, Jeremiah said, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just going to be quiet. And what did he say? It was like fire. Shut up in my bones. You know, we've got to have that fire, but that doesn't come from going along to get along. And I think there's going to be a lot of people on judgment day, brother, that are going to be really surprised that they're not saved because they didn't obey him. He mm -hmm. said, many are going to come in that day and they're going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't we mm -hmm. do this? And we cast out devils and heal the sick. And we, right. fed the, we fed and clothed the homeless. And we went to church every Sunday and we taught our kids the Jesus loves me song. And he's going to say, I never knew you. That should mm -hmm. wake up every Christian believer that's listening to this program today. Do you know him? And does he know you? And it's not about, well, yeah, I know about, you know, I know, I know who Joe Biden is, but I don't know him. Right. I know who right. Donald Trump is, but I'm not friends with Donald Trump. Right. And if I want to be saved, I can't just know who Jesus is. I need to be friends with him. And we actually have access. But how many of us take advantage of that? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm preaching to myself. You're preaching, brother. I, I go all day, man. Sometimes I'm like, man, I didn't hang out with the Lord today. I get the end of the day. I'm like, why didn't I hang out with the Lord? I had access and I didn't take advantage of it. The king of the universe, the most interesting person that ever lived or ever will live, and the one that was raised from the dead, and I didn't spend it. I didn't spend enough time on the day, and so, so I'm guilty, and I'd confess it. But you know what? I want to do that, and that's the key to this thing. And I think we're gonna win, and I think His presence is gonna get, get big. But stuff's getting weird. I was listening to the news today, brother, which is something uh -huh. I you shouldn't do because it's all I bad, do. right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I started to get down, and you know what I did? I put on do? this sermon from like. 35 years ago and or 25 years ago. And this guy started preaching about the Lord is my shepherd and I'm not going to lack anything. And even though I'm in the, va the valley of the shadow of death and all this evil, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. And I don't have to worry about what the economy does because I'm not going to lack. And he started preaching it, brother. I got happy. I forgot. Hey, when the Lord's your shepherd, you don't lack. You don't have to worry about the economy. You don't have to worry about the enemy. And, and I think the thing, of the, the, the thing that I was reminded of when you were talking about David is mm -hmm. George Washington. George Washington went at all these battles, right, for, mm -hmm. for America. First, he fought for the English in the French and Indian War, right? And then right. he fought in the revolution. And they tried to kill him. And they had bullet holes in his hat, bullet holes in his coat, and they couldn't kill him. And when he was president, this Indian chief traveled all the way from the frontier to Washington, D.C. to meet the great white king that could not be killed in battle. And he said, I had many warriors that didn't miss except when it came to you because you were protected by God. And that guy recognized it. That Amen. guy. And so yep. that and that was David, right? David couldn't be killed until it was time. David didn't die till it was his time. We're going to die when it's our time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. why are we walking around being afraid of it? Why don't I, we just I, embrace it now and live? Why don't we yeah, live amen. before we die? 
Well, and th- this a life of excitement, a life of adventure, a life of purpose. You're right. It's going to be scary, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be an adventure because we know we have an appointed time to live and appointed time to, time to die. And the fear is opposite of faith that we talk about all the time. So we're looking at this right now where it's a time of courage. There's so many people right now that want to like be left alone, not deal with anything and passing by. No, that there's no way to live. We're not in condemnation. We're not in fear. We're in boldness and faith. Yes, we know that God understands. I was thinking about this when you were talking too. You know, when uh, Cain killed Abel and he said, that, you know, he, the blood of his brother called out to the Lord, right? Yeah. You know, called out from the ground. Called out from the ground. Right now, when you have uh, communism, anti-God, anti-God theology, basically what communism is, um, historically over the last hundred years, a hundred million people have died, been killed, through communism. In America, over 60 million babies have been killed in a womb. There's a lot of blood crying out to the Lord, but he's calling for people like you and I and people listening to fight, to stand firm, to, to, to reject the murder and the blood that's crying out on the ground. God, God's patience isn't forever, brother. He said he's patient, but he it's said it's it, not forever. It, hmm? it, you're, I mean, you're absolutely correct. We, we have not, we're not being punished for being in this mm. time. We are being blessed for being in this time. God isn't allowing us to stay in that complacency, that, that Luke warmness, you know, that Laodicean church and uh, the seven churches that, that he, you know, in, in revelation, mm. the one says, you know, because you're lukewarm, you're not hot or cold and spit you out of my mouth. See when America was doing real good and we had George Bush as president and, and Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you could just go to work. And you could just do your thing and you could just raise your kids and you could really do fine and sort of ignore God. You could, you know, I mean, I love him. I serve him and mm-hmm. all that, but it was easy. And people want to go back into uh, Laodicean retirement, brother. And the Lord's saying, no, and this is a blessing that we're being shaken and that our faith is going to cost us something. And our testimony is going to cost us something because the Lord shakes us to find out what's in us. And not because he wants to know what's in us. He wants us to know what's in us. And if you're all you can think about is I want to go back to the way things were in 2017, when the economy was rolling, 2018, when the economy was great, 2019, Trump was president, all was well with my soul. And yet, what were you doing for God? You were getting up, going to work. You were watching Monday night football and you were, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, the church is, I go to a church brother and I love these guys. Mm -hmm. They're great. But you know what? They're trying to have church like it was two, three years ago. They're talking about the Seahawks and going to Starbucks and getting pumpkin lattes and all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking the world is burning down around you. And you're talking about Seahawks games. People are surgically altering their bodies to become another gender, which they cannot do at a DNA level. Mm -hmm. And, and you're talking, talking about pumpkin spice lattes. I mean, who are you? Where are, what world do you live in? Is it fantasy land? You know? So I'm not saying that we got to get all weird, but man, we should at least say, Hey, we don't agree with that. That's wrong. You shouldn't do that. You know, if you live a homosexual lifestyle, you're probably going to die way before your time. And you're Mm -hmm. not going to, you're not going to get to heaven like that. And you, you know, it's bad. And, you know, why can't we do that? If you're going to, you know, have premarital sex and abort babies, you're probably not going to have the best life. 
right? And if you're going to live together and not get married and then just, you know, my, my niece, I love my niece, shouldn't talk mm. about my family, but, you know, she lived with her boyfriend for like ever. Mm. And now they're just gone. And it was so easy to just walk away from each other after like 15 years. So she's in her forties and wow. nothing, you know, she has a daughter that's, that I think is homosexual and all this stuff. And, you know, that's their thing. And what have they got? What are they hoping for when they die, brother? I think they're hoping for oblivion, right? They're hoping for that nothing's going to happen, but you know what? That's not true either because it's appointed to all of us that to, to die once and then comes judgment. And so our lives are going to be judged for the Christian. Hopefully you're going to enjoy the judgment because it's going to be like, Hey, you live for me. You were faithful with little, exactly be right. faithful with this here. I'm giving you this 10 cities and look right. at the street and look at the whole mansion I have for you. I mean, I'm judging you that way because we're judged by the blood of the lamb, mm-hmm. the word the of our, our testimony, testimony and that we yep. don't love our lives that we shrink back from dying. Are we yeah, so yep. selfish that we can't shrink back from taking up a cross and doing something for Jesus? What has he done for us, brother? <laughs> Everything, brother. I love I, I love the gospel message though, uh, where I think it gets it gets bastardized in, in today trying to be woke or trying to be in the culture where it says that you know we've all fallen short. He paid the price for our sins, but we don't walk in condemnation, which is all absolutely true. And it says you can come to God at any point in life. You could be in sexual sin, you could be a, a you know, whatever, a tax collector, you could be a murderer and still repent of your sins and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But people always say, well, he loves me. I guess he does, but he doesn't want to leave you there. And to Doug's point, wherever we are, God wants to bring the purpose in your life, wants to bring the fullness of your life by in relationship with him. And that is stretching. That is hard. That is one of those things, but he doesn't want to leave you in your sin. He set you free from it. So he wants you to grow in your walk with him. And I think that's where uh, all too often, Churches, pastors, people shy away from. That's hard work. I mean, boldness is stepping out of your your comfort zone. It's not staying where you were. It's not condoning or agreeing with where you were when you asked for forgiveness. That You walk away from that. And all too many times we want to hold on to our sin and receive Christ. And that's not the way it works. Right, brother? <laughs> yeah. You know, someone in my church uh, came to me, a lady, and they, they, they're going to force her to get a vaccine. They said they're not doing any religious exemptions. And she said, Doug, I want to fight. I'm not going down without a fight. And um, what can I do? And so I turned her on to uh, Pacific Justice Institute, pji.org and other things. But I said, have you talked to the pastor? So I, she said, no. Well, so I texted the pastor. I said, hey, pastor, you know, somebody in the church contacted me, blah, blah, blah. They're going to lose their job. What can you do? He goes, well, Unfortunately, right now, I just, there's not much we can do about it. And I'm like, dude, what? Really? Nothing. And you're not going to offer any help or anything. You're just like, nah, just, just get the shot, you know? And so they're going to line up to take the mark of the beast, brother. It's going to happen. A lot of Christians are thinking, I'll never take the mark of the beast. I'll never do it. And, um, but yet every day they cave. Every day they bow the knee to Baal. They just do a little, I'll just do a little dive to Baal over here. Just a little nod. But, you know, Jesus, you know, I love you. Even though You I'm know what? Jesus face. would want me to not to be offensive. So I got to allow this type of teaching in my church or I got to whatever, right? I don't want to offend people. <laughs> <I'm talking> about- <laughs> people are facing real doo-doo right now. There's some mm-hmm. real 
due to coming down there losing their jobs. They don't get unemployment. They don't have any any resources. You want to talk about, you know, but then they be, get to become homeless and they get to become an, an, a protected class. And, um, you know, this deal where you can go in and you can, I mean, I've told you what happened to my little big five over here. They come in, mm -hmm. they just load up and they walk right out and they don't pay, but don't mm -hmm. go into a big five without a mask or they'll probably shoot you. Right. It's, it's this weird situation. It, it is very strange. You can come across the Southern border. You can come from Afghanistan, you do whatever, no COVID shot, no mask, no job, no ID, get voting. They just passed $6 billion in this continuing resolution for funding for Afghans. These unvetted Afghans that we have no idea who they are. Um, that's a lot of money, brother. So uh, you're right. But if you are someone who says, you know what, I have questions about the vaccine, you're cast uh, outcast, you're shut down on, on social media, you may lose your job. Oh, by the way, I just have a concern, or I don't want to take it. Well, we're going to give you an exemption, but not give you the accommodations, to your point. Uh, little kids in kindergarten, we've seen pictures in America, where the teacher is trying to, to force the kid to keep the mask on, which is ridiculous. And we, we say, how much worse can it get? And all we have to do is look over Australia. You know, you and I are talking about that off the air, brother. It, it, um, in Australia, they are seriously, people on the beach had their mask off for, and they were eating. They were attacked by the police over there to force them, then arrest them for not wearing a mask on a beach outside. That's what happens when, when you get disarmed, brother. Yeah. We used to think the Australians were tough, man. Crocodile hunter and all that stuff and crocodile Dundee. That ain't a knife. This is a knife, right. you know? And, um, and they were, you know, we consider them our cousins. They're English speaking, they're free, they're rough and tumble and they're being treated like they're in communist China, brother. Yep. You know, and I, I thought about this the other day too. I think, I think all of our listeners here are probably mostly on the same page as we are. You know, we love the Lord um, we are conservative. We see what's going on with our nation, we, and we want to restore the, the the foundations on Christ. But we understand that uh, we're not Pollyannic. We understand there's lots of issues, but there's there's our enemies within here that that want to destroy the fabric of America, the foundations of our family and our faith. And we're seeing it. This really is a spiritual battle being played out in, in the politics and culture and um, and finances. In a in a economic war as well with China and Iran and other countries, this this though though we have to. I'm losing my train of thought, Doug. This is it's the it's the there's serious. real issues, and yes, you know that's what you're saying. We have real issues, and we're not in la la land. The thing is, is that we can't just go into the prayer closet. It's time to go yes. into the prayer closet and lock and load and come out with the weapons of our warfare that are not carnal, but they're mighty. They're mighty in God and where you will stand. You know, uh, if you read Hebrews 11, it talks about how they stopped the mouth of lions. Mm -hmm. Are lions roaring against us right now? Absolutely. They stopped armies. They put armies to flight. They plundered the enemy. You know, I read Joshua and I was like, yeah, God can do anything. He can take right. a bunch of ex-slaves and march them in and take everything. And they can, and Joshua says, go back to your homes with riches and clothes and food and plunder. And remember God, people, please remember God and love him and serve yes. him. It was like, yes. I'm like it was encouraging. And All throughout so the we can win. 
Yeah. We can win. You know, I believe the Bible, brother. I believe mm -hmm. that we can win if we'll fight. And every place that we fight, you and I, if we have fought, mm -hmm. we've won. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we haven't won any elections, but, you know, <laughs> it's not, we're not trying. It's not like we're not trying. There's but a reason, though. But, you know, you have a platform. Mm -hmm. You have a, a way to talk. And how many times do they try to shut you down? You're too Christian. You're too conservative. You need to come more to the middle. And, um, and you're like, um, I think the person is farthest to the right's going to win. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Didn't been the general, but Hey, come on, brother. Well, you know, uh, someone argue I may have, but that's okay. But the point is, is if we follow God, we're going to be okay. You and I are okay. We've still on this show We're your business is doing great. Uh, we're, we're being held to lift it up to serve God in a mighty way. That's all it is. All we can do is be faithful with what, what we've been given. And like you said, that we are, though, when we start seeing the enemies of the state, enemies of the world, and realize how many people are being hurt, burdened, not just taxes, but actual, I mean, the sex trafficking, the open border, the, the, the leaving our people behind in Afghanistan, um, it can be easy to lose heart. It can be easy to be scared. No, it's just now is the time to seek God and seek strategy. You know, that the tools like David. He was prepared forever. We've been prepared for this. Whether we know it or not, is as we have trust in God and faith, all the skill set, all the stuff that you and I have been through, brother, on the campaigns and business and our fights in churches and battles and uh, Christians and preaching on the street like you do, that's prepared you, as Esther says in Esther 4.14, that for a time such as this, just like David knew exactly what to do when the time arrived and facing Goliath, we will too. That's where we seek God. And when we step out into those situations where we say, you will not kill any more babies. You will not uh, tell us any more lies. We will hold you accountable. You will not, you will you not going to pervert our kids. Yeah. You will not force this vaccine on everybody that Jesus does not want against their will. You know, because we're going to put a stop to you and we're going to have the words to say, it. we're going to have the people around us. We're going to have the resources to fight back because that's God's will. You know, I'm, I'm not any vaccine. I got me a, I got a booster shot for my tetanus, you know, a little mm -hmm. while ago and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's, it's because I'm, I'm sitting on principle. I was like, mm -hmm. you telling me I have to do this because you say so not because mm -hmm. it's good for me or anything else. I, you know, Marty, I had COVID. Right. <laughs> I'm more right. immune. I'm more immune than that vaccine ever going to get me. And studies show that too. Even the CDC says those that had the, the virus have a much stronger immunity than the virus, the vaccine itself. Um, it, it, and yet that's not considered. They're saying that everybody must get the vaccine. If, and, and mm -hmm. if, if we allow this quote emergency mm -hmm. to suspend our rights, then what's the next emergency and the one after that and the uh -huh. one after that, they will not, Jay Inslee, who probably is not even the actual governor of Washington, is probably mm -hmm. Lauren Cole because of our voter fraud. And we can, we can, we need to do a show on voter fraud because the stuff I'm seeing is ridiculous. I, I, Glenn right. Morgan, they're canvassing, they're coming up with 45% invalid ballots on this list that they're canvassing. Wow. People wow. that have moved that didn't there, there's that never right. existed or whatever. We have a huge fraud problem in Washington state. And that's why they're acting so arrogantly. Mm -hmm. And um, and then you have people that are, you know, they're communists and they're running mm -hmm. stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, 
and that's why, you know, you have good people like, you know, Florida, DeSantis, and you have mm-hmm. Idaho and different places. Christine Ohm over in South, uh, South, South Dakota. South yeah, Dakota, exactly I was right. thinking of that. And, um, and you, and they just, you know, they love freedom and they love whatever. And so, um, yeah, we have to battle. And, and, you know, the battle I'm feeling right now is, man, I wish we could get the prayer warriors down to King County elections and just walk around that thing and make those walls fall down. We need those, that false stuff to get, you know, exposed. And then in that way, the time that we're in right now with the, you know, God bless Mike Lindell and everything else, mm-hmm. right. Have mm-hmm. getting this stuff out in the open so that there is outrage, but we've got to get out from under the boot of these, mm-hmm. uh, these rogue emergency uh, right. proclamations and mandates. We've got to, st- we've got to just say no. And right. if we can't figure that out, then everything else is for naught. Right. Well, there is that rally tomorrow in Olympia. If you can make it across from one to four, it's the uh, no, you move rally in Olympia tomorrow, <laughs> one to four, which I think is exactly what we're I supposed to it. do. It's, it's time I'll to step there. up and say, no, you move. No, we're not moving anymore. But I thought, I remember my train of thought before, before Doug, this is interesting. When we think about the left and it's, it is the left, you know, the crazy radical communist left, right? They said, well, communism has been tried everywhere in the, in the world. Whenever it's been tried, it's been destruction. People have died. But we didn't do enough of it. We didn't do it the right way. So the American socialist communists say we have to do it the right way here, right? So more of it. Um, the Democrat left um, says that, well, we spent $2 trillion or $3 trillion throwing money at, at homelessness or the immigration problem or um, the war on drugs or in this case, you know, or COVID. And um, our results are worse. So let's do more of it. Let's spend more money because it didn't, we didn't spend enough money. And so now we have the, the vaccines, right? A year ago today, brother, there were fewer cases than there were now. There was 20% of the population vaccinated. Now they say it's 75% of the, of the population vaccinated. I think it's less than that, but let's say it's 50 or 60. There's more um, COVID cases now on record than it was a year ago. And so they go, okay, clearly, you know, the more vaccination, if you're a logical, objective person, you say, well, the vaccines aren't working. But no, they said, no, our problem is we need to have 95% vaccinated and you're not fully vaccinated until you get a third booster shot. This never ends. Or a fourth. Or a a fourth. But as you see, though, the answer is, is most times, if you have a, a solution or a process that turns out bad results, you stop that. You find a better way, a new plan to get your results. In business, if you had a marketing idea, Doug, and you lost money on it, would you put more money in to do the same thing? No, you'd change up something so you would make money. The left, though, likes to say, hey, this program didn't work. Let's do more of it. You know, because the problem is we didn't do enough of it. This is insanity. It's what we're seeing. You know, uh, you know, you were talking about the six billion to help the Afghan refugees and things like yeah. that, brother. They're not going to get that money. That money's going to the the political insiders, the contractors. It goes to the you know that money never gets to the the. It's like welfare. The welfare yeah. state doesn't help the welfare recipients. Yeah, they get a check or whatever, but it enriches the the all the employees. It creates it creates this whole group of basically government. Um, subsidized businesses and things like that. Mm-hmm. And typically the, the contractors, if you get in there and follow the money, right? That's the old saying, mm-hmm. they're the biggest contributors to the people in power and they give kickbacks and they give money. 
Um, Glenn Morgan put out a funny video this week called From Me Too to Moo Too about this guy that was a state legislator from San Juan County. And uh, now he's on a, 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 a commission, uh, what, the charter commission mm-hmm. and how he putting all this stuff in. And he's so arrogant and everything else. And it's like, they don't even realize this guy like resigned from the state Senate because of, you know, harass, sexual harassment and stuff like that. Right. And they're just so bold, but basically <laughs> Glenn points out, he goes, well, he had this consulting business and it was doing really, really good when he was a senator. But after uh-huh. he resigned from the Senate, the consulting business didn't do very good anymore. Why? I wonder why that is. <laughs> another example of money that, brother. laundering, brother. Yeah, another example of that, brother, to 100% to a T. I had it on my other show, in my opinion, the other day. And it struck me as bizarre. one of the guys that ran for lieutenant governor last year. Right, was Marco Elias. He's a, a senator. He was up against Danny Heck because of and we got knocked out in the primary. Right, um, but his whole goal was to be the first openly gay lieutenant governor. Right in the in the nation. Right in, in Washington and so forth. And he got beat really handily by Danny Heck. But the reason I'm saying this is is he had he worked for the state senate, um, and he also was a consultant for city council with Mia Gregerson up there in Muckleteal. Right, they were paying him ninety thousand dollars a year to be a consultant. Well, lo and behold, it, it came under an ethics fine and realized that it was it was kind of shady, fishy. So they fired him or cut ties, cut the contract with him. Right, and lo and behold, this the city of Snohomish not city, but the county Snohomish County, the executive up there created a brand new position, you know, to deal with this COVID money coming in, and, and made him a consultant for that. And paying him $84,000. So they just replaced the money from one avenue to another avenue. And it stinks to high heaven. It was in the limited times the other day. But I called it out. Is This is what stinks. Here's a guy that was making money. Clearly an ethics violation. It got exposed. They shut it down. So they found another friend in the same government sphere. Created this job that nobody else had an opportunity for. And hired him for it. Now he's, he's, he's got his money restored. That's corrupt. That's right here in Washington. And, you know, this is this is how this politics works. And something we have to expose and get rid of, brother. Well, that sounds like what you're doing, brother. Yes. What else I you know. got? What I'm other dirt you got? Can we just pull out this rug and show all the disgusting? Well, I talked about this, but think about it. This is now in broad daylight. They're so uh, audacious. They're so in our face. This is why you can have the president of the United States or the governor sit there in on TV and tell lies. And, and even the, the political media go, well, that wasn't true. That wasn't true. And they can still say it. And they just say it with such authority. You know, this is it. Or the press secretary. And, and absolutely lie. It's not a Pinocchio or a partial lie. They're flat out lying. And we're seeing now on the testimony on the Hill with the three generals there that all three of them have admitted that they advised Joe Biden to leave a 2,500 um, soldiers behind to secure, keep the place secure. He said that never happened. They never told him. They never advised him. One of them, okay, those three are lying or he's lying. We know he's lying. And yet there's no repercussions, right? We know that lying in politics is protected, right? And yet um, asking questions about medical procedures or injections or whatever is not allowed now. We are in a very strange place where we say, no, no. You can't have it both ways. 
it's all allowed because it's what free speech is. And I, and I love how Dennis Prager puts this. He goes, the left likes to say they, they're all for free speech, except for hate speech. He goes, but that's the very reason for free speech. The idea of free speech is to protect speech you don't like, right? Speech you don't agree with. <laughs> and, was, and speech you may deem hate speech. You know, and, that's yeah. one of the things that they, they really said about Jesus and they really said about the apostles is, you know, this and that's going on, but there they are speaking boldly, you know, and that, that's what they said. They were speak boldly. You know, when Jesus went into trial with uh, Herod and Pilate and the, and he, they, he spoke boldly. He just, you know, are you the son of God? Um, yeah, you said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. me. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you're, uh, you're not supposed to admit it. You're supposed to have false humility like us, you know? Right. And, right. and so, um, you know, these, this guy, this Lieutenant Colonel, I can't remember his name right now. He did the Facebook videos and, and said, Hey, you know, these guys should be held accountable and stuff like that. And they, they put a gag order on him. So he did another one and now he's in jail, brother. He's in the brig. That's right. Yeah. He's a, a he, uh, at some point they're trying to get him released, but, um, here is a guy who called us and someone needs held accountable. This, uh, debacle of an of uh, moving out of Afghanistan was terrible. And bottom line, but well, any uh, cadet in a, in the War College at, at at West Point could tell you that's not how you do it. Exactly right. right. And right. You, basically, call him dumb and incompetent. Right. So, so Gen- General Milley, I know you love that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody loves that guy because he's a clown. Yep. But it reminds me of the civil war. I've done a lot of studying on the civil war in during the civil war, right as this thing started in 1860, we had all these generals in place that were there, not because they were good at being generals, but because they were good at politics and they were families and it was back slapping and all this stuff. And so for the first, you know, four years, three years of the war, we had generals that didn't know what they were doing, doing inept things, and then um, here comes General Grant. And Grant mm-hmm. would, was way out on the frontier, about way out in the West, all the way out in Tennessee <laughs> and stuff like that. They used to think that was the West. Brother. That's, that's, funny. Like, yeah. that's like the East to us, right? But right. at any rate, um, and then there are all these accusations, right? Just like with Daniel, right? Oh, Daniel's this and Daniel. They didn't like it because, you know, he's mm-hmm. in charge now. He's Supreme Commander, basically like a six-star general right. uh, in today's um, in today's talking, but he's, he's like, Lincoln says, I can't spare him because he fights. I can't, I can't, you know, I don't care if he drinks. I don't care if he's got issues. He fights. I need people to fight. See, that was what we liked about Donald Trump. He'd step on people's toes. He didn't do anything right, but he fought for us and he fought for the, the little guy. And, and so, uh, there was the second battle of bull run. So the first real battle of the civil war in 1860 was just South of Washington, D.C., a place called Bull Run, uh, kind of in Virginia there, Northern Virginia. And um, and we lost. Mm-hmm. And the generals retreated back to D.C. They ran with their tails between their leg and all this stuff. So the first time Lee faces uh, Grant is what they call the second battle of Bull Run. And guess what, brother? We lost again. And the generals come to Grant, well, we need to get back to D.C. We need to we need to retreat and regroup and get back to D.C. And Grant calls all those generals together and goes, we're not going to D.C. We're going to Richmond. 
And Lee knew at that time the war's over because you can get a bloody nose, but you keep fighting. You keep, mm -hmm. this guy's not going to stop. And Lee knew there was way more population in the North. There, all the industry was in the North. See, the South was agricultural. It wasn't industrial. The North was where the cannons got made. The North was where the train engines got made. The North was where the telegraphs got made. The North was where all the people lived. <laughs> and if you just find somebody that said, hey, we have overwhelming force. Yeah, maybe we lost the battle, but we're going to Richmond. The war's over. And so- so I'm just saying General Milley reminds me of these early. So something's going to happen, brother. I feel like historically speaking, Milley's gone. Trump's coming back one way or the other. Trump is going to get back in the White House, bro. And we're not going to we're not putting up with election fraud anymore. That's that's Clean that up. was yeah. you. You did that before. You did that in 2004 with Dino Rossi. You did other things. But now. Now it's over. And they know they have short time. That's why they have a lot of wrath. There we go. And but we've got the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, and we're not going to care about our lives. I would rather die a man than live like a dog. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. <laughs> and I'm going to win. So this was uh, the, the officer, the Marine officer, Lieutenant Colonel Stuart Scheller, is facing a court and uh, maybe even a, a court martial overdoing this. Um, this is interesting because uh, Lindsey Graham was interviewed on this today, Doug. I want to say this. Uh, just today, he says, why is he in the brig and General Milley and these guys up here on Capitol Hill getting away with basically, you know, just blowing the job. They should be in jail, blah, blah, blah. And he said, because military command, you cannot talk about um, bad mouth your superior officers. It's, it's the rules. And then uh, they were asked, here, General <laughs> Milley was, was bad-mouthing his superior officer, the president of the United States, while he was still president, calling these different authors, these books, and uh, these tell-all books against Trump, and calling his counterpart in the Chinese military, telling them, don't worry, I'll give you a warning if we attack you. That's treason. These people on the Hill should be held accountable. And this lieutenant colonel that spoke out, um, give him a slap on the wrist. Let him go. I'm telling you, we need to pray for him as well as the family and, and proud for people to speak up and be bold. Right, brother? Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, and that guy was that guy knew mm -hmm. that lieutenant colonel knew that he was facing stuff and he did it anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Art Pulowski, the Canadian pastor, left the United States, uh, went back to Canada on uh, Tuesday mm -hmm. and was immediately arrested. And yep. put in handcuffs and he did what he, he did what he does, man. He put his hands behind his neck and he got down on his knees. Like you guys are Gestapo. And they're like, no, 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 just stand up. No, no. And then they're okay. Put your, put your hand behind, you know, it was so funny. I just like, even when he's getting arrested, he's manipulating and humiliating these, these policemen. They let him out. He was in, he was in jail and he thought he was imagining Shofars. He's like, I hear shofars. There was a group of Canadian patriots outside the jail when they let him out and they had shofars, brother. And he's in the jail <laughs> hearing these shofars. He's thinking he's hearing angels or whatever. Cause he did, you know, he was surprised. They were, they were going to camp there. They weren't going to leave until he let them out. And he was so excited, brother. So he's got to go back in for a trial on the 13th. We need to keep praying for him. We need to, you know, be praying for Rand Paul, 
Mike Lindell, these other people that are that are fighting, Doug Bassler, Marty McClendon, right, <laughs> a few right. others. I mean, but this is it, and we're going to win. We didn't hardly get to talk about nothing today. We got all preachy, brother. That's all just, preachy. I that's know. just weird. Hey, don't forget, you can uh, go to DougAndMarty.com. You can contact us through the, the uh, page there. You can listen to um, episodes, podcast episodes. Or you can just tell your smart smart device, hey, hey, Alexa, play Doug and Marty versus the world, and she'll play our latest podcast. So that's pretty good. I think you did that, Marty. That was you. That was me. That's, that's, I love it. So. <laughs> well, this is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. See you next week. <laughs>